everybody, Jason Wood here, the VA loan guy, um, starting with a new episode of Armed and Ready and have an awesome guest with us today, Rebecca Turley. And um, we've been having a really good conversation. We wanted to bring you guys all into the loop on about her experience in the Navy and uh, her transition and what she's doing now. So Rebecca, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. All right, thanks. Yeah, it's good to be here. Awesome. So, um, so you're actually just transitioning out of the Navy. And, um, and so our show, you know, really focuses a lot on like that, that transition on people that have already done the transition, right? So they've already gone out of the military, they figured out the career, they're doing that stuff. And so I think this is a cool, unique opportunity to get some perspective on someone that is in between those two phases, right? Just finished active duty and transitioning to, you know, what's next. And so I think that's really cool for our listeners to be able to hear you know, what your experience is now, that in-between phase, and, and get some perspective from you. So um, if you could maybe just tell our guests a little bit about, um, you know, your, your military experience and, and, um, and what was your motivation? Like, why did you decide to go into the military or into the Navy more specifically? Uh, yeah, so I was born and raised in Boise, Idaho, and um, kind of in high school, I decided I wasn't quite motivated to go to college, and um, my, both my grandpas were in the Navy, and so it's kind of like a family heritage thing to join, and so um, I just kind of decided that was the better option for me at that point to just kind of go and get a better perspective on the world and myself and um, just kind of start a career without um, really having to decide what I wanted to do in life just yet and of course travel and serve the country um, and so I did six years in the Navy as a C2 um, crewman which is for those of you who don't know it's basically a military grade uh, flight attendant so I transported cargo <laughs> and personnel to and from aircraft carriers via um, my aircraft, the C2 Greyhound. And with that, I was uh, went through my typical training for about two years and then was stationed here in San Diego, California, and where I've remained in, because it's absolutely beautiful here. So it's been, it's been pretty nice to be stationed here. And I've been fortunate to deploy twice um, in support of two carriers, the John C. Stennis and the USS Nimitz. And so with that, I was able to go all around the Asia Pacific and into the Middle East. And so um, just got out last June, so pretty recently. Nice. Well, the Navy sure is a cool way to see the world. Was there anything that really memorable or a place that really stuck out to you from your time in the Navy that you got to see, you know, a foreign place that really just appealed to you or, or you liked or, or disliked for that matter? <laughs> um, yeah, quite, quite a lot, actually. Um, so I never had left the country before my first appointment, actually. And so that was another big reason that I joined is to travel because I've always dreamed of traveling the world. And so the Navy was kind of my ticket to do that. And so uh, my first experience overseas was actually Okinawa, Japan, and I loved it. It's to this day one of my favorite spots that I've been to, and I was fortunate enough to be there for two months, um, or kind of based out of there. We did um, kind of tours around, but for the most part, based out of there for two months, and um, it was just a really cool culture shock to 
like be able to see how um, an entirely different, um, a different world from Idaho, Boise, Idaho, to even around the States to Japan. And so um, that, that was like one of my probably most memorable times is just eating sushi go round. Um, and they have like a coin operated beer vending machine. So like just little things like that, um, that are just so interesting and make traveling um, for me really memorable. But also on that first deployment, um, we went to Chennai, India, and that's the first time that I saw real third world poverty. And so that was also very eye-opening. And there was even a few funeral progressions like going through the streets by our hotel. And so that was just um, more of a, like a humbling experience to um, really understand how privileged we are here in America. And so I was like really fortunate to see kind of um, the whole world on like my first like trip outside of the States during my deployment. That's really cool. So um, now that you're you're out of the Navy, um, tell us about that that transition, like some of that decision to get out. What, what was kind of motivating that decision and what was the transition like getting out of the Navy? Um, so for me, um, it was it was kind of more of a personal decision um, to get out. I love my job. I I still miss my job. I love the physical aspect of it, but um, it just wasn't, the military wasn't um, necessarily a good place for my mentality, um, just because like it is a lot of negativity um, in a lot of the military and a lot of like commands. Um, and I had, um, to be frank, like I had a lot of sexist leaders and so it wasn't a good, um, it became toxic after a little bit and I would have had to switch careers entirely in the military in order to stay in. So I knew that I wanted to um, get out after my first contract, which was six years. And so making that decision early really allowed me to set myself up properly. So I bought a home early, and so I have um, equity in that. I currently have a renter in that. Awesome. Um, I was able to pay off all of my debts, and. I was able to save. I was able to plan out what I wanted to do. I started going to school while I was in the military um, for a period of time. I even got a weekend job bartending just to kind of save extra money. So making the decision early really allowed me to set myself up properly. And um, so since getting out in June, I left in August for a backpacking trip around the world. So that's been uh, life goal of mine since I was a little girl and um, the military was the reason that I was able to do it because not only it prepared me with like the worldly experience but also the financial stability to save for a seven-month trip around the world so um, that's cool yeah I, I'm very fortunate like for the military and everything it provided for me so um, yeah so I just uh, my transition was more about um, coming back into myself and like really building a foundation for my mentality and um, like my personal development that I can feel confident walking into finishing university, starting a career with the right headspace, if that makes sense. So um, I was, 
been traveling the globe for seven months. I started in Europe. I did Indonesia. I got yoga certified in Bali. I traveled around. I, drove, I bought a car in Australia and I drove from Perth, all the southern border, up to Fraser Island. And so, wow. yeah. So I and then I went to Myanmar and Thailand. And then came back in time for uh, the chaos. That is <laughs> <laughs> a nice welcome home, right? Yeah, yeah. So I came back to uh, to this this uh, reality. So um, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be back home. And so now my transition is just going to be um, focused on my schooling to finish my engineering degree and then starting my career in that. Awesome. I'm curious to know about um, about your home purchase. Um, for someone who's who's so young, um, buying a house is usually not a very common thing at that age. Um, so tell me a little bit about like what your motivation was. Like, how did you get interested in buying real estate? And obviously, using your VA loan—that's that's my language of love—is is the VA loan. Um, <clears throat> so how did you get into that? Where, did you get like some good uh, mentoring advice from someone? you know, family member or, or someone in the military or how did that come to be? Um, you know, I wish I had good mentoring advice, but I, <laughs> the truth is I'm just kind of a jump in kind of a person. And um, so my uh, ex-boyfriend when I was 19 and 20, like we actually bought a house together with a VA loan. And so, and um, I kind of let him take the lead on all of that. And then um, like when we broke up, we sold it. Um, and then I realized like I didn't want to pay rent after paying a mortgage and so um, I just decided to do it myself and so probably should have gotten a mentor um, it might have been a little bit smoother but the whole process was actually pretty easy and I bought my own home when I was 21 21 I bought my own condo that I still have now that's great yeah, it is. And so um, the process is really smooth. And um, besides the massive stack of paperwork that comes with my <laughs> home, uh, right. it, was, it was really a seamless transition. So I was able to go right from paying rent to paying a mortgage and um, with really no, um, like, no uh, difference in it. That's great. Yeah, if you're able to keep that housing expense the same, mm -hmm. that's really, really helpful because you, you get those additional benefits from you know, the mortgage interest deduction and obviously you're earning equity also. Yeah. Um, so the thing I think people don't realize that it's, it's zero down for most like VA loans. Uh -huh. And so with that in mind, like, you don't have to have 40 grand saved up just to buy a home. Like I had in all honesty, I think I had about five or six thousand dollars in my savings account, and I was still able to buy a home. So, yeah. like, so like uh, when I told a bunch of my coworkers about that, like a lot of people just don't realize that you need as little. Um, like that VA loan is such a great opportunity. You need to be as prepared as as civilians do most of the time. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I help a lot of people with buying a home with a VA loan and you don't need a lot of money. I mean, it's, it's super common for um, people to use their VA loan, especially active duty. And at the end of the transaction, when they close on it to actually walk away with having no money expended. Um, I mean, there, there's some things you need to pay for along the way, but you can sometimes get that reimbursed depending on how you have your, your purchase structured. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's, 
it's not very commonly taught in the military about the VA loan and the benefit. Um, but those that learn about it and take advantage of it while you're in the military and you have that BAH money, which mm -hmm. is tax-free money for housing, it's, it's a no-brainer, right? I mean, you get money that's tax-free for a place to live. Mm -hmm. And then once you own a home, you have that mortgage interest deduction for your taxes. Mm -hmm. And then you're also gaining equity in an appreciating asset. Oh, and by the way, you have a roof over your head. So you have all these things that are total wins. And um, <clears throat> it's surprising to me that um, it's not catching on more and more, you know, which is the access to information we have now with the internet and stuff. Um, but yeah, it really isn't a big, hairy, scary um, process. Mm -hmm. um, if, you're, if you're connected with the right people and and get it done right and kudos to you for jumping in early and, and realizing um, the advantages to that because now I mean you can start building a real estate portfolio you know next place you move you can buy something and, and you may be able to use your VA loan again um, we have several people that have multiple VA loans going on at once so that's really really cool yeah it's it's definitely something that's not talked about enough I think, and um, I think more so people with families are starting to do that, but I mean, I'm single. I don't have kids. I don't have a husband or boyfriend or anything, and I was able to do it and just rent out rooms, and so uh, like my biggest thing is why am I going to pay rent when it's just throwing away money or like when I can put it towards something that's going to benefit me. And I think a lot of the times people just don't think long term, unfortunately. And so, um, and people, a lot of, a lot of times as kids, you know, just like I was like joining right at 18. And so they don't have the life experience. They don't have the foresight to think of what's going to happen with my finances in five to 10 years, you know, whether or not I stay in the military, that's just not something that's really talked about enough, I think. And so yeah and it's just like i think once people start realizing that you can do it i'm i'm starting to see it more now with um with some friends that um once they realize it it is that easy they're starting to do it a little bit more but i also think it's just the com commitment issues of young people is is the yeah. big thing and so they just don't have the foresight yeah and the beauty of it is um you know i think and i deal with it a lot too and i talk to people there is that commitment issue and there's a little bit of fear also you know of mm -hmm. when am I and where am I going to get stationed next you know so how long am I going to be in this location and then where am I going next and does it make any sense to buy here if I'm going to leave in two or three years and you know there's all that going on um, but the reality is most areas where there's a military base there's usually a pretty good demand for housing <clears throat> mm -hmm. even even off base and um, so the opportunity to turn that home into a rental when you get PCS somewhere else is really, really likely. Mm -hmm. And um, it can usually cover the mortgage anyway. So um, it's something that can be a long-term asset for you. And there's no better way to buy real estate all over the country than when you're getting forced to move there for your job, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I wanted to ask you a little bit about um, <clears throat> just uh, maybe some advice and, and experience that you could share with other women who may be contemplating going into the military or maybe you're in the military now. Um, obviously being a woman in the Navy um, has probably a different perspective than being a man in the Navy, right? So um, what, what things would you tell our audience, you know, especially the women that are listening that 
um, would be some good advice or some sage advice for them that are considering joining the military? Um, considering joining the military, I would, um, I would just like question like what is your motivation for joining and make sure that um, you are ready for a completely different lifestyle, completely different mindset. Um, as great as like like the military is starting to open up to being like gender neutral, it still is very much a male dominated profession. And it, it shows in a lot of areas. Um, and so I would just um, question, like uh, one thing I would consider before joining is, um, are you okay with authority? Are you okay with being around guys all the time? Um, are you okay with kind of giving up your feminine ways for a while, you know, because most of the time, like, you know, wear makeup, you know, do your hair, your hair to be up in a bun, like, you know, it's, it's just a different lifestyle than a civilian woman. So um, you do have to give up a decent amount of, of your feminine um, essence in order to be in the military. Um, and then besides that, like, even once like a woman decides to join, I would just recommend keeping with your self-respect, keeping with your values your morals and just um, just really stay grounded in like who you are as a person. But I say that for men and women, but um, most specifically with women because um, they do get kind of roughed around a bit more than guys, like kind of tested a bit more. And um, so just, just really to stay grounded with like who you are as like a person and like um, just know like if you make it through, like you'll be a stronger individual because of it. Right. Right. And then there's always, you know, all the benefits that you receive from having been in the military. Oh, also, absolutely. Which are, which are phenomenal. I mean, being in the military isn't necessarily easy, but um, the perks and the benefits are really, really good. I mean, our country does a good job of taking care of veterans and, and always providing something mm -hmm. um, to thank them for their service. So there's always that outlook on it as well. Um, <clears throat> so now you're, you're transitioning to the next phase, right? So um, tell us a little bit about that. You're headed to, to go to, to school up in Idaho, right? Yeah. And um, tell us what you're planning on studying and what is, what's the career trajectory for you? Um, well, right now I'm going to school for environmental engineering and I've um, been going already um, with just like a grant in here in California. So there's, um, as far as schooling goes, there's a lot of options for, um, for that. And so... I've been using a California grant for school for that, but I'm going to start using my GI Bill. And so I'll be getting my school paid for plus housing. Um, and so I'll be in Idaho for um, the rest of my generals for that. So probably another year. And then after that, I'll probably be moving to Switzerland to finish out my university. Because one thing a lot of people don't realize is that with the GI Bill, it's not just in the U.S. Like it's worldwide and they still pay for housing allowance they still pay for tuition and for everything that they do here in the states but you can do it anywhere in the world so it makes um, living overseas for a year or two like a very real possibility but some visas are a lot easier to get for students as well so that's kind of a another opportunity that a lot of um, veterans don't take advantage of especially for the young single ones Wow. That's a super cool takeaway. I had no idea on the GI Bill that mm -hmm. you could use it for schools that were overseas. So that's 
And for anybody listening that hasn't used their GI Bill yet or is planning to use it when they get out, that's really, really cool. Because I know in, in Europe and other places, there's some really amazing you know, business schools and culinary schools, engineering schools. Um, and not to say they're any better than what you might find stateside, but just that whole experience, right, of living in Switzerland, as an example, and being able to go to school there and um, just have that life experience um, is super, super cool. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that. That's really awesome. Um, and how long does it do you expect to be in, in Switzerland for wrapping up your studies? Uh, probably another two years. Um, it kind of depends on exactly which school I choose and, like, the credit transfers. Um, but, like, it probably won't be more than two years unless I choose to continue with my master's um, over overseas or if I come back here. Um, but another thing I want to mention about the GI Bill and overseas or even schools here, but... Um, they have a list of all of approved schools already, like pre-approved around the world, like on like the, the website for the GI Bill. But even if your school isn't listed there, you can still apply, you can apply for them to be approved. And so with that in mind, like there's kind of, everything's on the table. There's, there's kind of like a limitless opportunity there. So that's kind of something that I, like um, I'm kind of, um, searching for now. I haven't narrowed down my school yet, but I have about four or five options that I'm like talking to right now. So very cool. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's really that's really a neat story. Um, well, Rebecca, I just wanted to thank you for carving out a little time. I know you're you're super busy and and focused on the next chapter, but I wanted to thank you for carving out some time for us to be on armed and ready and um, share your experiences with us and being you know, a woman in the military who is now transitioning to the next phase in life. I think um, your story hits home with a lot of people and, and a lot of women that are in the military are considering it. So I really appreciate you spending time with us today. And, um, and for all of our listeners out there, we thank you for stopping by today on our podcast. You know, this is an interesting time we're in with the coronavirus hitting and, um, you know, some of the fear and stuff that's out there. So um, if you're self-quarantined or at home, we appreciate you taking some time to, to check out our podcast today. And of course, if you have any questions or would like to reach out to us about anything we talked about, you can always reach me at valonguy.us. And uh, we thank you so much for stopping by.